Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Welcome into the House of L podcast. I'm Lawrence Holmes. Thanks so much for hanging out here with me. A little special edition of the podcast today. I told you I was going to jump in and do some of my acoustic work occasionally, but I wanted to let you know how all of this stuff came about. Check it out. Lavelle E. Neal III is my guest. He's been on the podcast before. You should actually go back. We talked, what, last winter, I want to say? He's, he's really fascinating. He's a Chicago dude, but he's covered Minneapolis sports for forever. And I, I said to Dan, I said, we should get Lavelle on the radio show. And he's like, yeah, I bet. And so we were going to have Lavelle on the radio show on Wednesday, but he had scheduling conflicts because of the craziness with all of the flight stuff. The... Quinn's press conference got pushed back, and then he had to go cover the Vikings and all this stuff, so we didn't get him on. So I, I, I hit him up, and I said, hey, can I? when can we get you on? And he's like, I'm free after 2 o'clock. Well, obviously, our radio show is off the air at 2 o'clock. So I was like, I'll just talk to him, and we'll play a bite of this on the radio show, but the long form will live here on House of L. I, um, I, I am fascinated fascinated with how Carlos Correa ended up a twin. For those of you who are trying to catch up on the story, and you're like, wait, what? He initially was going to sign a big money, long-term deal with the San Francisco Giants. They didn't like the medicals because he had an ankle injury. So then it was like, poof, all right, fine, I'm going to sign with the Mets. And it looked like he was going to be a Met for less money than what he was getting with the Giants, they had some of the same issues with his injury. So then he was back being a free agent. And then poof, like that, Carlos Correa is back in a Twins uniform. I have to get the backstory on this. So I, I hit up Lavelle and was like, I, I got to know. I got to know. So this is the interview that we did. If you wanted to figure out, I, I'm ask, I asked him about the Cubs and the White Sox and them not getting involved in this. And obviously, like, you'll find out how Chicago Lavelle is because he was at the Bears-Vikings game on, on Sunday, and he's got some thoughts about the Bears that we'll get to, too. But most importantly, it's us breaking down how Carlos Correa ended up back in a Twins uniform. Check it. 
How in the world did Carlos Correa end up back in a Twins uniform? Well, I, you know, it's it's rather remarkable because the Twins' initial offer of 10 years and $285 million got blown out of the water not once but twice, once by the Giants and once by the Mets. But no one foresaw these issues coming up with his medicals. Um, he played for the Twins all of last year. Um, he was pretty much durable for the entire season. There was one event late in the year when he felt something in that leg when he slid into a base. He said the plate in there started vibrating, but as soon as he could move his foot, he knew he was going to be fine. But he like was in the lineup the next day. He hit 350 the rest of the way. So he, he left the season healthy. He had an exit physical and was deemed healthy and went into his off-season workouts like nothing was wrong. But, um, you know, he injured that ankle in 2014 as a minor leaguer, and he had to put some hardware in there. And I was told that when you evaluate a guy for like a three-year deal, it's totally, totally different than when you're trying to sign him to a 12- or 13-year deal. Then you're scrutinizing everything, and you're looking at that the, the MRI of his, of his right leg, and you're going, well, by the time he's 36 or 37, this could become a problem. And when you're paying a guy thirty or $32 million a year, that gives teams pause. And that's, that's what uh, the Giants and the Mets both did. Now, the funny part is, and Scott Boris confirmed this yesterday, was that the Giants reached out to an independent orthopedist who looked at the uh, physical and expressed concern about the, the, uh, the, the ankle. The Mets also reached out to an independent orthopedist who happened to be the same guy. And so he just basically told him everything that he told the Giants. Oh, wow. And that was, their, and that was, the, that was the information that the Mets acted on. Now, I, I was led to believe, you know, a few weeks ago that the Mets were just going to try to get out of the last two or three years of the contract if he, he, uh, Correa got injured, uh, had an in, uh, injury to that area of the body that was going to knock him out of action for a while. So I thought they were just going after this, the final two to three years of the deal. But well, that wasn't the case. The Mets chopped that deal in half, offered him six years and $157.5 million, um, just guaranteed, with the other six, you know, based on incentives. And that was a re- enough reason for Carlos Correa to balk. And give credit to the Twins. They always stayed in contact with Scott Boris during this process. Um, they had the same concerns about um, about the non-medicals as the Giants and the Mets did. But what was different with the Twins, they reached out to another well-known orthopedist, uh, Neil Ella Tresh, out in California. And uh, he waved off at her and said, no, I think he's going to be fine. And then the Twins, you know, doctor, Dr. Chris Camp, who, has, who was a rock star at Mayo Clinic before uh, he was hired by the Twins, you know, has examined Correa all during the 2022 season, you know, looked at the medicals and said, well, I've had – you know, enough history with you and your body to, to understand um, that it can hold up under, uh, it can hold up for the next six years, you know, uh, with the plate in the ankle. And so the Twins went ahead, ended up offering, you know, more money per year than the Mets did. They're paying Correa $33 million, $33.33 million uh, in each of the next six seasons. Who would think that the Twins actually end up offering more money for a player than the New York Mets and Steve Cohen? And as it turned out, Correa accepted the deal, and voila, he was presented yesterday at a press conference. It's rather 
uh, you know, Scott Boris called it one of the hardest negotiations he's ever uh, been part of. And it's been definitely a wacky road uh, for Carlos Correa to return to the Minnesota Twins. Now, look, I'm fascinated by the fact that the, the Twins stayed in contact with Boris and Correa because obviously when I saw the type of money that he signed for, I'm sitting here going, hey, why didn't the Cubs or the White Sox get in on this? Because I, I, I understand the, the idea of you're worried about a 10-year deal, but maybe you're not worried about a five- or a six-year deal with Correct. Correa on this. So how did – I, I, I guess what I'm asking is, how did the Twins kind of get back in there and not let anyone else into the negotiation? Yeah, I think it's just because the Twins were persistent and staying in t- contact with Boris. And Boris, you know, th- this is a change. This is actually a, a major change for the Twins because, you know, uh, previous front offices could not talk to Scott Boris until two weeks before spring training started to talk about the you know, the one year, $2 million invite to spring training deals. They, they, they had no uh, history with him and making big time money offers. But this started a year ago when Scott Boris called the twins and said, I would like to have Carlos Correa for at least one year. And the twins are open to it. And they signed him to that three year, $35.1 uh, million a year contract. Um, ended up being three years and 105, but he had the ability to opt out after the, each of the first two years. So that kind of laid the groundwork. Cause, so the Twins knew that, well, we paid, we could afford $35 million last year. We could definitely afford, you know, 30 something million going forward. And it was a matter of them signing off on the years. And so, once again, looking at someone's health over the next six years is totally different when Carlos Correa is going to be 38 years old, making 30 something million a year. And you're worried about that plate finally going haywire. So, um, them, Building a relationship with Boris um, and staying in contact during this whole ordeal. And Carlos Correa also, you know, the Twins players stayed in touch with Correa. They were all in the same text string, and they were texting damn near every day, talking about baseball, keep, keeping in touch with each other, giving each other courage. Man, you know, the Correa liked being in the clubhouse. He liked the teammates, uh, liked being a mentor. It was a good fit. And you know what? When everything broke down with the Giants and the Mets, Correa had no problem coming back to the Twins, and the Twins were able to, you know, offer him $33 million a year to play for the next six years. So it's, it, it was just uh, Correa falling into the Twins' sweet spot after um, the Giants and the, and the uh, Mets, you know, couldn't get there with him. What, do you, what has been the reaction you've seen, whether it's on social or people hitting you up through the paper, of fans having Correa back in a Twins uniform? Um, for the most part, Twins fans are happy. There's some who are, who are, because, you know, the Twins haven't had, they haven't been lucky with injuries the last couple of years. So some of the people who are been beat, beaten down by watching the Twins players uh, parade to the injured list, you know, like, watch, he's going to get hurt right away. Or, wowsy, wowsy, woo, you know, something bad's going to happen. They look at the worst possible outcome. Um, but a lot of them were like, you know what, six years at $33 million, you know, that seems like it's a doable contract. Good for the twins. So I think it's generally a favorable, favorable reaction. And I gotta say, I just happened to be listening to you on the radio yesterday because I was trying to get my fix of Bears news. <laughs> and then uh, when, when the Correa thing came through, and both you guys, how come the White Sox and Cubs did not get on him? And then you said, Carlos Correa's back in the division. <laughs> and I, was, I started laughing. 
why I was listening to you guys yesterday on the score. <laughs> why? I, I mean, look, it, it, we thought he was out, man. We we thought we thought this guy was out. So so like it, it leads to it leads to my next question, and my next question is: so now that that the Twins have got Correa. Does this change the way they go about the rest of free agency, not just this year, but next year? Like, do they think that they have uh, something that they can build into a championship-level team? Well, I'm a big believer that you can make momentum with trades. I think one trade, one acquisition can lead to another and kind of build on the the previous one. So this run started a year ago when the Twins were able to sign Byron Bucks into a $100 million contract. And now they've got Correa locked up for the same amount of time as Buxton. Those are the first two draft picks of the 2012 uh, amateur draft, I want to say. The first two picks that draft. And now with the Twins, and locked up over the next six years. So usually you have two cornerstone, cornerstone players like that. Um, you want to keep building around them. I happen to like the Twins line, uh, uh, roster for the most part. It's got upside. I think Jose Miranda is going to be a, a hitter. I think um, – Alex Kirloff's going to be a hitter. Luis Arise is a batting champion. You know, there's some things to like about that order. What they lack is probably one more power arm and one, you know, guy who could be an ace or a de facto ace of a staff. And once they figure those two spots out, uh, it's going to be a team that could compete in the AL Central. That's regardless of the improvements the Indians have made and what the Volkswagen have done. And plus, the Royals are eventually going to get better. They had a lot of good young talent that kind of broke in last year. And they got some more coming down the pike here. But um, I think it's going to the onus is going to be on the Twins to keep adding. You know, it'll start at the trade deadline this upcoming season to see if they can find, you know, a guy to top off the rotation or next year in free agency. Uh, and, you know, Scott Boris said yesterday after the press conference that, you know, he says, you know what Carlos is going to be doing? He's going to be knocking on the door to GM's office, giving them advice as to what players he can add. You know what else with Carlos is going to do? He's going to be on the phone recruiting. He's going to be reaching out to players saying, hey, Minneapolis is a good place to hang out during the summertime. Come on, let's try to win this thing. So they've, they've got another assistant general manager in Carlos Correa. And uh, I think the Twins almost behoove now to keep adding uh, to, the, to this roster and keep building a team that can be a threat. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yeah, we were really impressed when he was on the TBS broadcast. And he was talking about the value that GMs look at when they're signing these big contracts. And Dan and I both just kind of sat there like, wow, like that's the that's where the league is going. Like really smart players who understand value. And so seeing him like be this crazy test subject about medicals was wild. And 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 I was I was hopeful because look, Lavelle, there was talk, like there was chatter that the Cubs thought that they could sign both Xander Bogarts and um, Dansby Swanson or Carlos Correa and Dansby Swanson or Xander Bogarts. So, obviously, like, people on the north side were like, okay, yeah, like, that that sounds like a great idea. And seeing Correa even back out on the street for a second had me, of course, thinking, well, the way that that contract is structured, that's very much the way that Rick Hahn gets down. Like, that contract well, that he got sounds look just like the type of White Sox contract. Well, my thing was this, and I, I said this months ago, and people picked it up around with it nationally. I was like, uh, uh, Rick has kind of presented himself as an option when he came out and said, we're spending money this offseason. And I knew, I think they liked Carlos Correa a year ago. Um, so I was really, I really expected the Cubs to make a run at Correa during this offseason. I'm a little surprised that they didn't. I'm surprised they didn't, you know, uh, you know go after uh, him and make him primary uh, shortstop there. But um, you know, it's uh, it's weird how things shake out, man. So it's really uh, weird. He it is, and so it's going to be interesting to see how the, all this plays out, and if if the Cubs are going to regret not you know going after uh, Craig, because I because I we do a weekly podcast up here called the Chin Music Podcast. It's myself, fellow columnist Jim Suhan, and former Twins uh, slugger Roy Smalley, and you know we've been kicking around you know the, the Craig thing for the last two months going. We keep looking at the roster going, man, they need some right-handed pop. Man, they need to sign Correa. They need to do all they can to beat, keep Correa in town because, uh, one, they're losing their premium guy at short, and, two, they only had, like, uh, Byron Buxton and Kristen Vasquez as any threats from the right-handed side of the plate in Miranda, and they need, a, they need another right-handed bat, man. So this really helps balance out the Twins lineup and keeps a premium Scott, uh, guy at, at, the, at a, a premium guy in a premium position on the field. Are you surprised at what Cleveland pulled off last year? No. Um, the thing is, is that the one thing that Cleveland does, they procure and develop pitching. I mean, that's their forte. They've been doing it for years. And, uh, you know, with Shane Beaver fronting that rotation and Tristan McKenzie stepping up and uh, that bullpen, that bullpen's a monster. I mean, Cleveland's got, well, you know, top to bottom one of the better pitching staffs in baseball. And you knew they were going to stay in games. It was a matter of seeing how much offense they're going to get. So when you got you have people like Stephen Kwan show up and and contribute offensively, um, I can't remember the second baseman's name, but he popped up and started showing off. He, and you and you, you got Ramirez at third. Um, and now you know I like the Josh Bell addition. You know I think he's going to help the offense out too. Cleveland's going to be tough. Definitely going to be tough. But the Twins are going to go into the season not feeling feeling like they're not that overmatched against Cleveland. What do you see when you look at the White Sox right now? Uh, I see a team that does not have Tony LaRusso as his manager. And I say that as someone who grew up on the south side of Chicago who was a White Sox fan, you know, who, who you know, the guy who, who, who rooted for Dick Allen when he was with the White Sox in the early 70s, 
and still remember the 77 Southside Hitman with Richie Zisk and Oscar Gamble. Remember the 83 White Sox that Melissa was a manager for. Um, remembering when Frank Thomas and Ron Ventura, you know, broke into the league and Black Jack Morris. I'm sorry, Black <laughs> Jack McDowell. God, I got my Jacks mixed up. <laughs> and um, just watching that franchise through the years and being a White Sox fan. And so uh, I know the good things that Tony has done, but um, some of the managerial moves last year were just flat out baffling. And it was time to move on. And, and I'm really curious, though, to see if there's going to be a leadership void in that clubhouse uh, from the departure of Jose Abreu, who was a mainstay there. Uh, how did they move forward uh, without him? But uh, there's some talent on that team. There's some young talent on that squad. Um, they needed to move with some guys around. It seems like they had a bunch of DH first base types that are probably playing in positions and a business, be, uh, business being at. And um, they got, you know, they have a solid pitching staff. I feel so bad for Liam Hendricks because he's a former twin. So I, I covered the guy when he was just establishing himself. So I'm, you know, props to him and palms to the sky as he goes through the battle uh, against cancer. Uh, but it's still going to be a quality team. I'm curious to see how they, uh, they uh, adapt to a new manager. But what do you really want to see who steps into the leadership void with uh, Abreu gone? Are you happy with what your Bears have done? Yes, I'm all for everything that transpired. I was in Chicago for the Bears-Vikings game on Sunday. So it was a surreal scene as the players are walking off the field after the game. All of a sudden, I'm hearing cheering in the stands and in the press boxes. Everybody's holding around the TV watching Houston convert a fourth and 20 with a touchdown and then get the two-point conversion. Uh, people were chanting, love E, love E in the stands, and uh, it was a crazy moment. I'm for everything they're doing right now. And this is going to be an exciting offseason. Now, now it sounds like the Bears are going to have up to $115 million under the cap. They're going to have wiggle room, you know, for free agents. They're going to have an ability to trade down at a first-round spot and get extra picks. They don't have to spend all the money this year. You know, we, this, is a, this is a bill that still takes time. You can't just snap your fingers and go from 3 and 14 to be a Super Bowl contender in one year. Although, you know, I have to acknowledge that the Lions and the Jaguars were both three, three wins last year and went nine and eight in the next year. And I would love to see the Bears make a jump like that. Um, I like a lot of the picks that Ryan Poles made and some of the shots he took at people, even picking up someone like Josh Blackwell, who, you know, other teams are like running across the field after things going, where'd you find this Blackwell kid? You know, he's going to be good, you know. So apparently there's some eye for talent there with the scouting department. So I hope they can duplicate that this offseason, make some more good picks, um, attack that offensive line, oh, get, get a brand new front seven. Because, my goodness, you can't just sack the quarterback 20 times. <laughs> 20 sacks the entire season, man. Uh, that just kills every level of defense when you can't get to the quarterback. And so you, you deal with the offensive and defensive lines, find another receiver, and we could probably see a, ju- a jump up for the Bears next year and then look ahead to 2024 when they could really be a threat here. But um, I have faith in polls and Everfuls to uh, procure and develop and coach the right type of players that bring the Bears back to glory. Lavelle, this was awesome, man. Thanks as always. I really appreciate it. Uh, no problem from one Southside guy to another. It's a pleasure. My man, I'll talk to you soon, okay? All right, Lawrence. Take care. So that's the story, man. Um, I'm glad that Lavelle had a few minutes to, to chop it up with me. He's one of my favorite media people to talk with. So I'm glad that he was available to discuss all this and now we know and now you know the rest of the story. I think Dan is going to be 
upset because uh, I, the doctor that kind of cleared the way for this move is one of Dan's favorite orthopedists. And I'm sure he's going to be like, well, wait, if that guy cleared him, then somebody should have jumped in here and given that man a lot of money to play baseball in Chicago. We'll see. We'll see when I bring it to Dan's attention on the show. But thank you so much for listening. I hope you got something out of it. We didn't want to waste all your time, but I'm glad that you had a few minutes for us to talk about this Carlos Correa thing. Like I said, when the mood hits me, I will make sure that I jump on the pod and hang out with you. Thanks again for listening uh, and all your support of everything we do at House of L. If you have not listened to the last episode of Sports Adjacent, do yourself a favor and listen to it because it's hysterical. I will talk to you next time. Peace. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.